and this is the Jim Eskimen podcast of the 18th of October 2014 from England. I am in uh, England for the weekend. I'd like to do that sometimes, just to get out of town, you know, get out of LA, take a plane, take a little 10-hour flight to get to uh, to England because this is really where my roots are, uh, and the rest of my hair apparently is scattered around here as well. No, I'm just in England actually, just for a couple of nights. I'm going to do a charity show. Uh, I'm very pleased to do in uh, Sussex near East Grinstead Uh, not tonight but tomorrow night on Sunday night so that'll be fun I get to do some impressions and some music and some singing and I I like to do that very much I like to come to England anyway because it's just such an extraordinary place and I I just love it I feel very comfortable here even though I don't know anywhere you know I don't know my way around if I was in London I would get lost immediately Uh, but you know the people are great they make you feel so warm it's true of most countries, I guess, but, you know, I speak the language more or less here in England, and so that, that helps a lot. Well, people can be so kind, can't they? They've got such a lovely way of expressing themselves. They make you feel so at home. Do you feel good? Do you need anything? Can I help you? Uh, you know, it's just a wonderful culture. I like England a lot. First came here years and years ago with me mum. She brought me out here, and I remember the, the thing that made that extraordinary. We stayed out in a little abbey in the Wiltshire district, uh, for it was around Christmas time, around New Year's, and then uh, that was very scenic and nice. And um, and then we went to London, and I stayed in a uh, my sister and my uh, friend and I. I think we all stayed in a cheap hotel. And my mother stayed in a very posh place because, you know, she she had the dosh. And uh, we went to a a show in the in the West End, and when we came out, it had been blizzarding so badly that all the tube stations were closed and all the cabs were engaged and there were no limousines to be had and there was no way to get around except on foot in the middle of a blizzard. And it was quite uh, quite a, a troublesome problem. And we eventually had to pay someone way too much money to take us in a private car. But boy, you know, this this town definitely got affected by that blizzard. When was that? 1980, 1980 maybe? 1979? I don't know. Hell of a long time ago. That was my first uh, my introduction to London. And England, and I've been there subsequently many other times, and uh, just love it. Just love the the history, the Shakespeare, the obviously love love Shakespeare, and uh, and the people, and just the difference. Also, London is such an international city in a way that New York is not. New York is also international, but London seems, I don't know, even more so or more direct. You know, you know, when you see Germans, they have probably just come from Germany like a half an hour ago, uh, and a lot of. All the people that are working in the, like in the Starbucks when I was in London one time, it seemed like all the Starbucks people, the little girls, they're all from Paris, you know, they have the, the accent. So, uh, I don't know, just a great place to be. And uh, it's nice to get out of Los Angeles has been, uh, he said, tying two sentences together in the way that only you can do on a podcast. Yeah, it's lovely to get out of Los Angeles is a place where we're in the middle of a drought and uh, a really serious drought. I don't know how it's going to affect things, but I know that everybody in my neighborhood has stopped watering their lawns, and and so we have, uh, uh, anyway, people's lawns would be brown now anyway in this time of year, but now they're getting quite, uh, you know, irreversibly brown, and it's just changing the whole landscape quite a bit, which isn't a bad thing, I guess, but, uh, you know, we we, we don't remember that we live in a desert. It's easy to forget. Uh, We have such a kind of a Hollywoodization of our, our neighborhoods, you know, there's a Tudor house next to a Japanese-style mansion next to something that looks like it could be on the Italian Riviera, 
Do the Italians have a Riviera? They really ought to get one. They're lovely to have. Anyway, so we have this kind of a fictionalized, mythologized architectural scheme in Los Angeles, and we've ignored the fact that we basically live in a desert, and now it's it's coming home to roost. Uh, and I hope it's not going to cost us a lot of our, our nice trees and too much of the foliage. Oh, but you didn't listen to this to hear about my problems. You probably wanted to hear, I don't know what you want to hear. Who's listening? Who wants to hear what? I'm just, you know, I use this as a way to sort of share my uh, my adventures in my week and to throw some voices and impressions in there. Um, although, yeah, being in England, what uh, the impression I most like to do is Michael Kitchen from Foyle's War, who says very little and really is a rather unlikely person to have a podcast because, you know, he doesn't really say very much. And... Um, Basically, just asking people about, what well, did you do it? Did you kill him? Great show, Foil's War. I'm a big Michael Kitchen fan, big fan of the show. Anyway, I had a, I had a nice week. I worked a couple times on some good assignments. I did another episode of Parks and Recreation, which is a fantastic comedy. And I like the people so much that work on the show. They're really nice people. Amy Poehler, of course, is terrifically talented and just a sweet person. And, and Oh, I worked with Adam Scott who is the young uh, love interest of Amy Poehler. Very nice guy. I'd seen him on a plane recently, and uh, I don't think that's the reason why they called me back, but it was nice to see him again and work with him. And just the whole production company, the producers, everybody, the writers, it's a low-key kind of show, and uh, they're creating a nice, gentle comedy that I, you know, it's dry, it's witty, and, and it makes me laugh out loud. So I've really become a fan of the show, even the ones that I'm not on. I've done about seven episodes now. And it's wrapping up its its run. I don't think it's going to be doing too much, many more, and I doubt I'll be on the show again. But it was a really fun experience, and I'll always be very, very happy for uh, having that opportunity and grateful that they kind of wrote in that my character was an impressionist. I got to do a few... Well, no, I got to do one impression because this last time, which I won't mention. But um, I don't know, just nice and validating that they, they kind of wrote that in and, and created that for my character, M- Martin Housley the MC of the town. Apparently that's all he does. He's the MC for banquets and uh, telethons for kidney disease or whatever it was. Anyway, so that was fun. I did that in the beginning of the week and then towards the end of the week when I was getting ready to go to England, um, literally just getting packed, and they said, oh, and we need, you booked a national commercial for the day that you're leaving. And, you know, normally that would be a panicky sort of deal, but it, it worked out fine. I just said, well, I will take a later flight and that is exactly how it worked. So I did a commercial for H&R Block. I think that's what I can say about it. And uh, I don't know much about H&R Block, but, um, and I didn't learn anything from doing the commercial, but uh, that will be uh, apparently on the air one of these days. And it was also very fun and funny. I did it for a director that I've worked for many times before, uh, Randy Crawman. Randy, thank you very much if you're listening, which I really doubt you are. <laughs> then thank you for this opportunity. I didn't have to audition. He just called me up. You love that. Just love that. So I did that and quickly ran to the airport from pretty much from there. I think I went home and uh, quickly recorded something that somebody else needed and then went to the airport. So it's thrilling. And then the 10-hour flight to England, which left me completely knackered. Knackered is a great word that uh, I, I learned from hanging around with the Brits. It means excessively tired. Uh, to the degree, I, I think it means you're so tired that pretty soon they're going to come and boil down your hooves and bones and make glue out of you. So that's that's fatigue 
folks, and that's what I felt uh, very knackered. But I got a good night's sleep, and um, gonna enjoy this evening, special kind of banquet, and then tomorrow I'll do my thing. So that will be fun. Uh, I guess I should interview someone that's here that I met, um, someone that I always love to uh, talk to whenever I'm in England or whenever our paths happen to meet. Uh, he was a pretty big rock and roll personality. Uh, maybe still is. I don't know. Tony, Tony Wamu, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. How are you? Hi. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we got to intersect here a little bit. Well, I'm glad that you got the nod and that you're on this side of the pond. And you're looking well. You've you've lost some weight. I haven't, but thanks for saying that. Really, because you look you look quite fit. No, nope, I'm just as lethargic as ever. But you know, sometimes people who see me on video a lot. Uh, they think they just assume that I've lost weight because I think the video uh, or you know film puts puts uh, weight on you. Oh, that's right, I've heard that. Yeah, it's, it puts like ten pounds or something like that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Don't know for sure, but that maybe. Anyway, you're looking well. Thank you, thank you very much. I've been um, in the studio a lot with my um, my old band. What was the name of your band? Ventricle. Yeah, kind of a you were kind of a metal. Well, how would you describe the music of your band? Well, we are a kind of a, uh, we were sort of a ska metal band for a while. Ska metal? Yeah. Hmm. It was uh, intense. And um, we, uh, Ventricle toured for quite a while in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And then we were off for a while because several of our members were in, um, uh, under house arrest. Luckily, it's the same house. Ah, but now everyone's sprung, and we're, we couldn't feel better. Uh, you know, we're not as young as we were, but um, the fact is that the music has kept us alive and kept us young. And so we're out um, touring around and uh, uh, playing at a lot of uh, very interesting venues and uh, having a, really the time of our lives. And you've been in studio, you said. That's right, yeah, we just got out. We've um, been recording <laughs> recording all night, and uh, so, you know, I don't... Forgive me if I wander and meander in my thoughts because I'm, I've literally been recording all night and uh, creating what I feel is some really, I don't know, it's a really bang up stuff. Really, really good. So you got all the guys together and is there a, th- a kind of a theme? Because I know you guys used to have theme albums. That's right. Yeah, we had, a, we always did a, a theme album. Uh, well, our first, our, I say our first, but our only hit album was um, called Struggle Face. Struggle Face. And that was about... The theme of that one was really um, the difficulty of uh, personal hygiene when you're on the road. Uh-huh. You know, that just came to us very naturally. Oh, I see. Because, you know, as you know, Jim, I know you travel a lot. Um, when you're, you know, traveling and you've got to be certain places very quickly, it's very difficult to maintain any kind of regimen of, of cleanliness. Hmm. Yeah. Particularly some of the places that we've been, because we've been down to... Um, I mean, we've been to Liberia, frankly. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, hmm. Liberia is sort of the poster child for right, know, uh, right. disease right now. But right. even at the time, uh, well, and we've been you know, in Australia and we've been to um, uh, Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. And we've been to Sacramento, uh, a lot of, you know, out of the way, far flung places. And it's always a challenge. So Struggle Face was about that. We did um, songs about using uh, wet wipes to keep your hands clean and um, ah. how, how to create a makeshift uh, Q-tip to keep you, you know, because your ears will build up uh, kind of a waxy. Right. Anyway, not to get into it too much. It's yeah. not really all yeah, on the music. If you want to know yeah. what we think about it, mm-hmm. um, listen to the songs. Listen to um, Improvised Q-tip, which is a great um, number. Improvised. It really says it all. Q-tip. 
And you did well with that because uh, Struggle Face eventually, when you when you went on tour, was sponsored by uh, hydrogen peroxide. Yes, it was. So that's big. Hydrogen peroxide had never done a, a you know sponsorship before. So for us, it was a great honor. Well, that's great. And so now, what do you what are you, do you have another theme? Yeah. So now our theme is uh, I mean it's really rooted to the headlines of today, uh, and that is about um, you know not panicking. My theory is that the digital age, I mean, we've had all these ages, right? We've had the uh, Bronze mm. Age and mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the age of uh, the Jet Age, right? Age of Reason. Sort of where, where I grew up and, and you as well. Right, right. And the Space Age. The Space Age, exactly. Um, all these ages. And now we have the Information Age and the Information Superhighway and all the freedom that the internet provides. Right. And freedom, right. you know, has by its side the um, tyranny of. The information age, because you know, we, people talk a lot about social media and how uh, social media is like taking over, and you can't put your iPhone down for two seconds. You can't, um, you know, you've got to get your email, and you've got to know about everything, right, and there's right, googling right, going on. Right. Well, I don't have to explain to you. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, I know it is. It's, it's yeah. So along with that information age, and following the information age, we're still sort of in the information age. I mean, an age it doesn't mm. go by in a second, does it? No, no, it takes a little bit of time. Exactly. So. It's my belief that it's followed up right on the hot on the heels of the information age is the panic age, the panic age. Yeah, the pan- age of panic, which is where you you, you know so much and the, but there's so little you can do about it. Hmm. You know, for example, when you listen to the news, they throw at you always, always. It doesn't matter what country you go to; they go, they throw at you the five biggest disasters in five completely different uh, arenas or areas of the world. Or, or dimensions, you know. They say, oh, there's a comet about to hit the Earth, plus there's a, this disease, plus this fellow got, you know, there's a two-headed axe murder that happened out in, you know, Hampstead Heath. And as well, in Italy, uh, there's an ocean liner that got off course and went up a canal and, and went up into the mountains and destroyed a village, you know, that sort of thing. Huh. And you listen to these things one after the other, you know, and and it just... Well, it makes you feel like you've got there's nothing you can do. You you completely in apathy about it because you know it's so far from your realm of being able to affect any sort of change. Right, you feel right. very um, powerless. You know, you, mm. you're, you're disenfranchised basically. And so we got a, we got a, you know nations full of people that that feel like there's not much they can do really about. It. And you've got a whole generation of people. It's, it's sort of like the. Um, the problem of growing up in the 60s where you felt like you were just that if you were a teenager, you thought, well, I've got no future. Mm. You know? mm. And and uh, and today with the Ebola, if I may even say the word Ebola. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you did just say it. so Yeah, I mean, but you feel like some sort of criminal, just that you're some sort of fugitive from justice if you just even utter the word Ebola. It's like yelling fire in a crowded theater. But I mean, I'm just saying the word Ebola, you know. Yep, there you, there you go again. And and so now they, they, they're sort of spreading it around, like everyone's got to be terrified of Ebola. Meanwhile, nobody knows what to do about it. Meanwhile, it's, you know, taking over the planet or whatever. And I think that people are so... Um, we've been educated to to fear this kind of thing. First of all, you can't see a virus walking down the street toward you, you know, with a menacing look. No, no, you can't. Right. So, you, you know, you, you steel yourself against the invisible. And I don't know, I'm of the belief and maybe it's it's unique, but that, that if you defend yourself too much, you, you, you're bound to sort of attract exactly what you're trying to defend against. Mm-hmm. And um, I fear this is what's going on with the Ebola. You know, it's like no one can know where it's coming from or who's got it next. And anyone you see who's sneezing, or we've all got it in mind. And I think it just perpetuates something that maybe is not 
nearly as, as dangerous as all that. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I may be speaking, maybe this is the most irresponsible sort of diatribe in the world. I don't know. But I feel like the fear of Ebola. I just wish somebody would come out and say, you know, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Franklin Exactly, Roosevelt. like Roosevelt. Um, and maybe that's, you know, my British heritage is just like, let's hang on, remain calm, you know, let's do the research, do the science, whatever, wear the rubber gloves, yeah, but don't go crazy and let's not, uh, you know, start to really panic. I've been watching so many zombie shows. Everybody all over the planet is, seems to be in a, a zombie sort of mood all the time and I think it's very easy to go there and you're thinking that, um, well, the disease is going to spread and you know, people look strange and you'll have to, you know, the only recourse will be to, to plug them full of holes with a shotgun. I just, I think we, we've got to be very, very careful about that. Good point. Good point. So anyway, that's the theme of our new record is going to be uh, no. you know, don't panic. You know, just, let's take it easy. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this f- in, with a fresh eye yeah. and not um, not get too carried away. Oh, you know? that's interesting. That's um, that's a very positive kind of uh, kind of thing for a for a metal ska band. Yeah, yeah, we've got to do our bit. You know, and what's it going to be called? It's going to be called uh, Spatterville. Spatterville. Yeah, it's explained in one of the songs. Huh. Yeah. Well, it sounds great. That's a great. That's a memorable title. Do you think so? Well, I remember it. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, well, we wish you a lot of luck with that. That's uh, that's great, Tony. And uh, it's always great to spend some time with you. Great to be here with you, Jim. And I uh, wish you a lot of luck in your uh, your concert tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night, right? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to be doing exactly? Oh, I'm going to do my. I, I do a, a number where I do singing in the rain and different celebrity voices. Oh, cheers! Great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's going to be the same basic thing. Anyway, great to see you. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. My pleasure. Tony Wamu, very big uh, rock and roller, still making it happen, living the dream. Hey, uh, the Impression Guys is um, moving forward. I know we were going to uh, release seven more episodes. We were going to drop them for your binge-watching pleasure uh, earlier this month, but um, wiser heads prevailed and now we're uh, we're actually sort of shopping it around so uh, hopefully soul pancake will strike up a deal with uh, somebody and we'll we'll have it on TV the, the TV and I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to telling you about it and telling you where to watch it and uh, hearing what you have to say about it but we as I've said numerous times before we had a great time and uh, there's some really fun episodes ahead for you Well, very good. I'll be back in the States um, in just a few days, and I hope you guys are well. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Thanks to Tony Wamu for popping by. Uh, Thanks to Jeff Levin, as always, for the music. And I will talk to you again next week. Take care.